What's up, NBA fans? We are through close to 11 games in the 2021-2022 NBA season. Lots going on. We got Jokic versus Morris out on the court. A lot of physical stuff going on. A lot of dudes complaining about ref, the way the refs are officiating the game today. And there's some evidence here that some people are maybe struggling as a result of that. Um, but more than anything, we are 11 games through, not quite a point where it feels where you feel confident to say these are the teams that are the big players, but you're, you're getting there. You're getting a, you're getting the feelers in there. You're getting a feel, a good feel out of, out of who's going to be a player and who's not. We're through 11 games and usually it's like maybe the at the third, uh, one third mark, 25 games or so where you start feeling a little more confident about who you're going to see in the top four and who you're going to see in that bottom four in terms of standings. But through 11 games last year, I took a look at what teams were uh, in the top eight versus what teams are in the top eight this year. And we're going to discuss it's a historic show that there's one or two teams that are currently in the top eight that will not finish in the top eight next year. And we'll discuss some of that as well as a big deal of forgetful hot teams and sinking teams and best performance of the week all here are on the second stringers podcast. Um, but so far, Sean, you know, four weeks in through into the season, any, re- any reactions so far from what you've seen? I think we've just seen some really exciting basketball. I think the new rules have really mixed things up. And while people might complain about it at first, I think it's going to be a good thing at the end of the day. Um, we can get into that a little bit more later. Um, love that people aren't getting fouled as much. It makes the game just so <laughs> much more fun to watch. Um, right. But yeah, there's there's some fun ones up here in the beginning of the standing. So I'm excited to break these down with you because I already have a good feeling we, we're going to have some agreeing, maybe some disagreements, but I think we're going to mostly agree on which of these teams is not going to be here at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump in into the Eastern conference because I think this one, this one's the funkiest one. So mm-hmm. currently we have the wizards ranked in order from first seed to eight seed wizards, bulls, heat, nets, 76ers, Cavs, Knicks, bucks, and just lingering on ninth are the Raptors through 11 games last year. It was Celtics, bucks, 76ers, Pacers, Hornets, Magic, Hawks, and then he rounding out the eight seed with the Nets just hanging a little bit outside at, with the ninth seed through the 11 game, through the first 11 games last year. So last year, there was two teams that fell out of this top eight. That was the Hornets, who through 11 games had the fifth seed, and then the Magic, who through 11 games had the sixth seed. And they were and they ended up being uh, oh, jumped by the Knicks. And the Nets, who ultimately got the number one seed, and the Knicks, who finished fifth um, through through those standings. So two teams last year, but historically shows that there's one team usually. So we can go two or we can go one here. Um, which team for you, Sean, that's in the top eight, <laughs> if you think you had to pick one? If you don't have to pick one either, you can, oh, you can yeah. definitely that stick with the, the, <laughs> that this will be the eight. that's the bolder but take. <laughs> that is the bolder take, yes, but... Yeah, tell me your reaction. Are you going to take this as the top eight, or are you taking the one or two teams that are going to fall out of here? So I just want to point out first, I think it's really interesting that we only really see one team ever really fall out, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's, right. so, it's so early, you know, and just to think that, like, oh, like, most of these teams are, are going to be where they're at at the end of the season. It's, it's kind of interesting. 
Right. So th- there's a couple obvious ones in here. I think the one, and unfortunately, this is more predicated on what's happened recently versus I just think they're not a good team overall. It's, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just take into account that Colin Sexton is out indefinitely right, right. now with a torn meniscus, which ugh, it's, that's just so hard. I mean, that's just such a brutal injury for this young guy. I mean, we're, we're, we're big fans of Colin Sexton here on the podcast, and he, he was having a pretty right. up and down year up until this point. But then Garland was balling. He's still balling. Evan Mobley looking like a fantastic draft pick there. Somehow rolling out the basically the equivalent of three centers in this starting lineup. And man, it's right. working early on. I don't know how, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely working. And I mean, they just they took a, a bit of a loss to the Wizards tonight. But overall, they've been playing some pretty impressive basketball. I think the steps up from Garland um, that we've expected to see, I think that's come to fruition. Um, and Jared Allen, man, Jared Allen is yep. he's he's finding a way to get his. And I I really did not think he would. I thought Evan Mobley would take a lot of those. I thought Sexton would have a lot higher usage. But man, Jared Allen's playing really well. And I gotta hand it to Ricky Rubio, man. Somehow mm-hmm. this guy seems to be having a career awakening right now because he's playing fantastic basketball. He's has the ability to take over games now. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but yeah, I, I thought it was a very questionable move when they tr- basically traded Torian Prince for Ricky Ruby. I'm like, they already have two point guards that they start together. Like, what do you need a third one for that? You're paying $15 million off the bench, but he's proven to be a great asset for this team. But there's just there's a lot going against them wouldn't you say alan (laughs) yeah i think what's interesting too about this cavalier team is kevin love is only averaging 20 minutes a game yeah no it's great for him i think that's great you know he doesn't need to shooting 20 percent from three 20 percent from three i mean to be fair there's some guys that are also shooting pretty poor from three this year (laughs) other stars as well mm Yeah, but Jared Allen, I think, uh, I mean, I guess it's between him and Evan Mobley right now is who the number one guy coming off this coming off this team is. But it's a well-balanced attack from the big men. Jared Allen mm-hmm. at 15 points a game. Evan Mobley, almost identical, 14.9, both shooting plus 50% from the field, uh, both averaging close to 10 rebounds. Jared Allen almost at 12. So they're definitely using the strength of both big men um, to, to do to, – to, to be one of the, the tallest and biggest teams out there. Um, yeah. And it sucks using Colin Sexton, but I think you get something that you get something, you get one form of positive by putting Ricky Rubio is you get a good floor floor general, a guy who at this point is used to taking bad teams and making <laughs> them better just simply by improving the overall team IQ of yeah. it. I think he's such a great ball handler, but the Cavs, um, so just to clarify that the top eight in terms of like 11 games, it isn't necessarily telling where these teams will fall, yeah. but it tells who the top, who, who's going to fall in the pool of the top eight, except for one historically. And on that point, I'm going to agree that the Cavs are probably likely going to be the one that falls out. And the over and under in this team, just, just to, you know, give a picture of how great this team is overachieving themselves so far the over and under is 26 oh, was 26 yeah. I, wins. I would not have I, I might have gone the under <laughs> before the season started honestly like yeah, yeah that's crazy that that's so low though 
Yeah, so they already have a third of their win. <laughs> They're over and under Vegas predicted wins already through 11 games. So talk about overachieving so far. For sure, true, their average... But here's something to take in mind also is they're, they're getting off hot, but their average win margin is 1.1 points. And mm. they've managed to get the, the better end of a lot of those close games that they've they've played in so far. But I got to think that streak is going to end and it's going to get even harder with losing Colin Sexton, a big piece of your offense. And looking ahead and within the next eight days, they got Boston twice, the Nets twice, and then the, and the Warriors as well. They got a couple back-to-backs coming up next. Yeah. They started off the year with a with a lot of home games. So they're going to hit the road pretty soon here in December and January. And uh, this is where I think the team is going to get a little battle-tested. And ultimately, I think this is where the, where they start falling off of the, the top eight pool. Yeah, to be fair, that bo- those Boston games might not be that difficult. Yeah. True, true. That's a team that's struggling as well. <laughs> right. I, yeah, we didn't list them in these top nine teams, clearly. And mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's out with that hamstring strain. So they, they could win those. But yeah, I, I, the Colin Sexton thing, I don't think they'll be able to recover from it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because I'd want to see how far they could take this. Even if they had him right now, I would say the Cavaliers are a bamboozle team. Like they're they're not they would fall out in my mind regardless, but the Colin Sexton injury just makes that just it's the final nail in the coffin for me. Um and I, I'm gonna go with another one. And I, I hope that you disagree with me on this because I wanna I wanna believe, but I can't see the Wizards continuing this ridiculous start that they've had so far this season so yeah so i think you need to be clear with that one because are you saying the wizards obviously i think i'm gonna agree with you wizards are number one they're not the best team no no way okay so you're saying you're saying they're gonna fall out of the top they're gonna get thrown out of the top eight playoffs 100 no playoffs no this is it makes no sense does any of this make sense yeah i mean uh, kyle kuzma is playing like Kyle Kuzma plus like a billion Montrez Harrell <laughs> is playing better than he ever did on the Clippers. And mm-hmm. uh, I, it's just like, obviously there's definitely some revenge in these guys eyes being traded away from the Lakers and wanting to prove their worth. And, and KCP's having, having a good time over there too. But there's just I just don't understand it. They're not that good. These guys are not that good. They're all overachieving right now. They're playing great defense, but in my this is just the biggest bamboozle. Like this is bigger than any Orlando <laughs> Magic bamboozle. And we've had some pretty crazy Orlando Magic bamboozles. Mm-hmm. I, we we, we listed them last year. They were in the playoffs last year. <laughs> And look what happened to him. So I I cannot see this continuing the way it is. I, it's great for Bradley Beal. You know, I'm sure this is just a huge morale boost for him uh, to, to actually be on the winning side for once. I just, I'm sorry, Bradley. I, I cannot see this lasting. This is just, it, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I, I don't know how all these pieces came together and it somehow equals winning. Um, but I, I don't, I can't buy into it. I hope you can because mm. I cannot. I'm going to say I can. I, I, it's not Thank an expensive you. buy, but I'm going to buy into it. because I'd say it's expensive. So I, I still think it's, it's very unlikely. I think it's a, it's not an expensive buy. I mean, mm. I think the Wizards have the making of what should be 
a pretty solid playoff team, not a team in the second round. I think they'll eventually fall off back to the seventh or eighth seed. But I could see I can see them staying in this pool. They have the fourth easiest remaining schedule. They've their average win margin is four. Four points given. That's pretty respectable okay, through yeah. eleven games. Fourth best defense. And they obviously have one of the top scorers <laughs> in the game in Bradley Beal. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of Laker bias kicking in here and Kuzma, <laughs> Poe, and 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 Montres Harrell, but Montres Harrell, yeah, he's a big piece of this. 17 points a game. Crazy. Dude shooting 63% from the field. Every single shot at the basket. He's getting them where he wants. Kyle Kuzma's been solid. 14, 14 points a game, almost 10 rebounds. The dude's going out there almost averaging a double-double. And Bradley Beal, I mean, he's struggling a bit in terms of adjustments. Um, his free throw attempts are down. His field goal percentage is a bit down. But at 24 points a game, 28 years old, I mean, this dude is as, sol- as solid as ever. Spence, add to it, you got Spencer Dinwiddie. He's healthy. He's playing well. And you got a couple pieces that may or may not be coming back later on this year. Ri Hachimara should be coming back, I think, within the next month. Uh, Thomas Bryant is a long shot, yeah. but, you know, he's, a good he's player. another plus. He's a good player, yeah. He's a solid player. And Gafford hasn't been too bad as a, as a replacement. And I think if this team also finds itself within the top six, top seven come December... I could see them making a solid trade for a, for a good piece to keep keep the wow. to keep the sales we going. We never thought we'd hear that the Wizards are trying to <laughs> trade for players rather than trading away mm-hmm. players. That yeah, man, I never would have predicted that at the beginning of the season. This is this uh, it's very impressive. I I gotta say, I mean, they got some really quality wins. I mm-hmm. mean, they just beat the Bucks. I mean, granted, they didn't have Middleton, who was out with COVID. Right. Uh, they they beat they just beat Cleveland, but I mean they didn't have Sexton. Uh, they have quality wins against Atlanta, Toronto. I I don't know. Maybe maybe they are this good. I just can't I can't let myself jump back on the <laughs> sh- on the bandwagon this early. We're just over an eighth of the way through the season. I I can't let myself fall for it yet because it's just going to be that much more disappointing when they let everyone down and I'll just, I'll at least be able to say I didn't, I didn't buy into the hype, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm really happy for them, but I mm-hmm. can't say they're making the playoffs still. I, I still can't buy into that. Yeah. Listen, I I'm buying, I'm buying the ticket where they're the opening act and I'm coming in early to the show to watch the wizards, <laughs> but I'm not buying the t-shirt and the hat and uh you know and the the souvenir all the whole souvenirs going to the game yeah i'm going to the game (laughs) and i'm going to respect them and i think they're a solid opening act Mm. but i'm not again i'm not walking away with the t-shirt and the stuffed animals and the whole (laughs) shebang like so so i'm I'm buying the cheap tickets and i think the wizards are going to be a solid opening act and i could see them sticking around in this top eight bearing all things health um you know the whole team stays healthy, but right now I'm like I like what I see. KCP shooting forty percent from three. Yeah. Montres Harrell again looks like he might win six man of the year. Yeah, I mean, again. it doesn't really look like there's much there's much competition. I guess Carmelo Anthony so, may be Tyler the Harrell. closest. Tyler Harrell, yeah. you got Tyler, Tyler Harrell there. Really good. Um, um, if uh, if the it, Wizards make the playoffs, might have to get ourselves some Wizards Kuzma jerseys. Yeah, gotta put respect on the name. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, 
he's not the second leading scorer, but at 14 versus Spinwitty six, much, 16, yeah, much more he's impressive close. than I thought he'd be for sure. Yeah, and I got to think Bradley Beal will adjust. I think there's still a small percentage better in him, oh, and yeah. I think as the season goes on and he adjusts to the team, I think he might get he might get better. He might make him get himself back up in terms of top three in terms of scoring per mm-hmm. game. He's he's out of the top ten right now with 24, but I think he can make his way back. And yeah, I, I, I like I said, <laughs> I, I'm buying the cheap tickets. Man, the Washington Wizards are first first in the East, man. First place. Yeah. I love the. Yeah. This is why I love the NBA, though, man. I, I love just <laughs> seeing these standings just go ca- crazy in the beginning of the year and just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So if the Cavs fall out, who do you got sneaking in then, Sean, into the top eight? Uh, it's so hard because, like, I want to say that I still believe in Boston, but uh, things are very dicey there. I don't think they're gonna mm-hmm. blow it up. I don't think they're gonna blow up. I think they're. I think they're falling but, off. They're not in the. They're not an honorable mention for uh, me. They're falling out of the top eight. Not, they might not make the playoffs, but they're not blowing it up. The, so mm-hmm. I mean, the obvious one is the Hawks. Yep, yeah, I was gonna say that yeah, the Hawks aren't on a bad losing streak right now, and I can't imagine that's gonna last very much longer. Once they realize that they're in a little bit of a hole and they have something to play for, I think they'll they'll start picking it back up. Um, so I think the Hawks are a pretty mm-hmm. obvious one. I really believe in these Pacers, man. They have too many good mm-hmm. players not to be a playoff team. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, Brogdon is a borderline all-star. Sabonis is an all-star. Hell, Miles Turner might even be an all-star. I, I yep. just don't understand why they're so bad. You know, they have the good pieces. And Karis LeVert's healthy now. I, I just don't get it. They've lost a lot of close games. Lost against the Wizards by one. Mm-hmm. Lost against the Spurs by just a handful. Uh, Nuggets by three. Lost to the Kings by three. Yeah. They just lost back-to-back games by three points mm. against the Trailblazers by four. I think they just need to figure out yeah. how to close games. And yeah, they don't, they I think really for don't the have same a closer. Reason, yeah, who, who closes the game yeah. for them? Like, is it Lavert? I, I don't know. Right. Is it, yeah, is it Sabonis? Is it... Um, I don't know. They got a lot of trigger happy guys too uh, on on their team. Yeah, so. maybe it's Duarte. Who knows? Uh, yeah, like yeah, Duarte, Duarte, he's been a good piece for them this year. That was a good pick that they made in the mid round mm-hmm. there. So they have all the pieces. I I, I feel like a good re- winning streak is coming for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I, I've I believed them in the beginning of the year. I I still think they can do it. Yeah, and I think Sabonis in the last couple games also got into foul trouble. So. I think they just got to figure out their team identity mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Like most of these guys were just mis- missing for most for such large parts of the season last year. So I think there just needs to be some cohesiveness built there. Yeah. But moving on to the West, we got the Warriors one jazz two, Suns at three Mavs at four nuggets, Clippers, then Lakers and then Grizzlies rounding out the top eight last at this point last year, the Lakers were number one mm-hmm. Clippers, Suns, Warriors, Blazers, Jazz, Mavs, and Thunder Thunder rounding it out at number eight. Obviously, the Thunder fell off, and they fell off hard, finishing as the third-worst team in the league. Oh, that was Um, great. (laughs) The Nuggets were hanging in there at ninth and ultimately finished within the top four, I think, top five. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. But anyways, so one team fell off out of the West last year. 
Who's it going to be, Sean? I, I can go first if you want yeah, me to go no, first please, this one. please. I did the East, so I want you to go first for this one. Yeah. This one was this one was a little tough. Mm-hmm. There yeah. there was through two candidates. Uh potentially the third, a third, but mm. the third was a lot heavy just on bias and <laughs> was the Warriors. I definitely did not. The over and under on the Warriors heading into this year was 48 wins That's and pretty- I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought that was beyond ridiculous. <laughs> I was like <laughs> How many Bay Area people found their way to <laughs> Vegas and pushed that line that high? That is insane. Like, must have been some some tech some venture guys, multi-billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that seems ridiculous. But here, here we, we are, are, Warriors number one. Yeah, and it's tough to say they won't finish under. in the top eight. <laughs> yeah, they are crushing it. So that leaves me with two teams, I think. Clippers mm. and Grizzlies. And this one's tough because I, I'm, tough. I really want to believe... In these young Grizzlies, and Sean, I know you. You are not. You've. You were pretty. You were pretty down on the Clippers' hopes, but they've been putting it together pretty impressively the last last hey, week. If I spoke it into existence, I'm I'm totally happy right now. If I spoke this win streak right now, if if my negative words somehow caused a positive reaction, I'm mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I somehow I'm I'm gonna believe in these Clippers. So I'm going with the Grizzlies, and I'm actually pretty feel pretty tough mm, about counting tough. them out because they they're one of my favorite teams. Uh, so in the last couple of years in terms of up and coming teams, and it's just tough because you have John Moran who's just playing awesome, fifth in scoring right now at 26 points a game, by far the best the best the best few games of his career. Uh, but when you look at the team overall, dead last in defensive rating, middle of the pack in offensive rating, across the board in offensive metrics, uh, you take out John Moran and they are a struggle bus. <laughs> Defensively, they are terrible despite even having it was despite having Steven Adams in the middle, mm-hmm. but he just has been struggling when he has to be pulled out into the perimeter. Teams are just cooking him up. And if it wasn't for John Morant, this record would be looking a lot worse. Uh, second best player is Jaron Jackson, and he has just been streaky. We covered it last podcast in terms of like biggest disappointments coming out of the gates. Jaron Jackson is one of those. Really thought he'd be one of the big breakout candidate for this year, and he still can be. Um, yeah, that's but he's just been so streaky this year. There's still time, uh, so they can still prove me wrong. And Jaron Jackson could be a big reason why they they still hang around. But for the reasons that they for the defensive struggles. Um, they're really inabilities to find a second solid scoring option other than John Morant. It's tough to have him go out there and scoring 30 plus points a game and actually get wins in the tough Western conference. So for those reasons, I think I'm going to see, I see the Grizzlies falling out of the top eight, <laughs> ultimately probably falling nine, 10, um, in that, in either one of those two spots. Yeah, so you're either banking on John Morant regressing a bit from his averages now, or just getting hurt. And then that's what knocks them out or just. I just, I just don't think, I think he can still do it. I think he can go on this crazy win streak. Yeah. I just don't think it, it'll be enough to actually keep mm. mounting wins. Yeah. I think he could stay at the same pace, but the rest, I think sooner or later, these hope, these glaring holes they have are going to lead to more losses. Yeah. So, I mean, they just got Dylan Brooks back today. So right. that, that's another piece that they were missing that I think is going to help them win. <sighs> yeah. That's hard because that same argument that argument you just had for the grizzlies mm-hmm. the exact same argument can be made for the dallas mavericks in my opinion <laughs> you know like and obviously yeah. luca is better than jaw 
Yeah, I think that's what it is. You got you got an MVP, potential MVP candidate yeah. there. It's just when I look, in yeah. Well, I mean, right now, like the point differential on the season right now, the ones in the top eight that have the worst ones are Memphis and Dallas. Memphis with, mm-hmm. with minus point five, Dallas with minus three, like or minus four point five for Memphis. Sorry, so that's pretty telling. And if Luca doesn't have a good game, Dallas just loses. Um, yeah. So is that am i gonna be bold enough to say that the mavericks won't make the playoffs this year because of that problem yeah that's what i are you gonna reach for another for another team that's not in the (laughs) obvious bag that would be interesting so i i mean feel free to do it i guess the the issue is i'm I'm trying to figure out who would make it in their stead and it's not gonna be houston new orleans spurs thunder kings Timberwolves at this point, unfortunately, they they started off okay, but it's just we're pretty mm-hmm. rough now. Uh, am I gonna be so bold as to say the Mavericks have the best chance to not make it? Ooh, I'm gonna go now. They just got Porzingis back too. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, if I'm looking at the most likely, it's totally different from the East because I feel like it's most likely that these eight teams make the playoffs. So you're going to stick with these eight. Honestly, yeah. And I think a big thing is like nine is Sacramento. No way. And then Portland is really the only other contender for that spot. Mm -hmm. And Damian Lillard just does not look himself. And I don't. He doesn't. And I don't know if you watched that game against the Clippers. Um. it was on TNT last night. Uh, he he not. had this play where he drove to the basket. Yeah, yeah wide open layup. It was a great play. But as he was like reaching for the, for the basket, he came down after he made the layup and he clutched at his abs. And there's been those rumors going around that Damian Lillard's abs have been strained for a long time. And he's just played through mm-hmm. the pain. But something happened in the Tokyo Olympics where it got even worse. And we're kind of yeah. seeing him. Sh- I, we've never really seen him show that pain on the court before. It's never really been a story, but this year it seems like it, it's actually affecting his play. And it, you can tell it's affecting his, his pain levels on the court. Like he looks like he's in pain out there sometimes and he's just playing through it. But uh, for as admirable as it is, I think it might just end up with Portland just being on the outside looking in. Yikes. That's a, uh... Because that that is if I were to choose who who do I see going in there if Memphis doesn't, Portland would be I think the I think is the pick I is the pick I make, um and and they're struggling Dame Dame is not quite playing like the second best point guard in the league right now wow. I'm not even sure he's cracking top ten I don't wow. know top seven maybe I'd say Luca's definitely the second best right now. Yeah, exactly. And John Moran's probably third. <laughs> probably <laughs> third oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I'd say so. Third for sure. Yeah, so but Portland just feels like they just have more on this roster. Unfortunately for them, Nurkic has also been struggling hard out of the gates. Eleven mm-hmm. points a game, just not twelve yeah. rebounds. But, had some duds I mean, too. he's at right twenty five minutes a game for Nurkic just does not seem like what you were expecting from them. I mean, three years ago, Nurkic was out there playing thirty five minutes a game and was a solid mm-hmm. piece of everything Portland did. Yeah, not quite himself. Uh, but now yet. he just. Yeah, now he's truly just part of the supporting cast. And the other pickups you brought in, Cody Zeller, Larry Nance, they've been, been Larry, okay. Larry Nance Nolan has Powell's, been awful. 
he hasn't yep. done anything. I, I thought Larry Nance was going to make an impact. He he's he's invisible out there. I barely notice when he's in the game. Yeah, yeah. He, he somehow managed to make more impact playing alongside <laughs> three centers in Cleveland than he did on an actual well constructed roster in Portland. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. It makes no he sense. Just doesn't fit in with the team dynamic. I I just don't know. It's yeah. It's it's baffling i i thought this was a great pickup for portland but it's turned out to be nothing again right so i still i still see the headroom opportunity favoring the blazers more so than the grizzlies and i think the grizzlies if, unless they can close that unless jaron jackson wakes up from his slumber uh from hibernating and has a freaking awesome january and uh and <laughs> February, I think the Blazers have an mm. opportunity to, to to still figure things out and get back into that top eight. But yeah, if an injury comes down to Dame or Portland somehow for some reason actually finds a good trade and finds it in their heart to, <laughs> to move Dame, then obviously Grizzlies, I think, stick in there. I don't think anybody else has a real chance of, right. of pushing them out. I just think that Grizzlies have so much more upside. Like they have so much more room to grow. Like you said, Jaron Jackson could still put it, pull it together, be a most improved mm-hmm. player candidate. Their young guards, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, they they both have a lot of room to grow. Uh, Dylan Brooks just came back, so he's got to get his legs under him. Yeah. I really, yeah, I just think top to bottom, this Grizzlies roster has so much potential. All their guys have potential to be very good players. So in my mind, I think that gives them the nod in my in my head. And yeah. because of that, I, I think the West is, is going to stay the same. It's going to be a little boring, you know, <laughs> maybe the Clippers fall out. I don't know. I just I, I just it's I'm really happy they're doing well, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we've somehow managed to avoid talking about the Clippers because <laughs> the Clippers can easily be the. I mean, they kind of have the same thing going as like the Mavs and the Grizz. They're like a one man show. Paul George third in scoring right now, 26, mm. almost basically 27 points a game. Yeah, he's fantastic. ridiculously good efficiency. We're basically looking at Pacers, Paul George mm-hmm. pre-injury again. Which was a playoff team, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And the Clippers, I mean, this was a team that revolved around offense. And you would think without, you know, have without if you don't have Kawhi in there, this isn't really a defensive team, but they're they're in the top three in terms of defensive rating. Yeah, and they're holding point. They're holding opponents down because outside of Paul George, they struggle to score the ball as well. Yeah, honestly, um, I'm not surprised about the defensive rating part. Eric yeah. Eric Butzo's always been a great defender. Nicholas Batum mm-hmm. is a defensive specialist. Zubak is a good defender. I, I think yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly. Um, we, I mean, that was kind of our, our bread and butter in the playoffs is we were able to make the defensive switches we needed to to win to win these playoff series. We had no business winning. So, yeah, right. that's not surprising at all. Yeah, you're throwing Nicholas Batum out there again. And you're Batum, getting Ibaka <laughs> for, for what it might be worth. Yeah, Ibaka <laughs> just came back. But, yeah, I, man, I love Batum. He is such a solid utility player. He just does all, mm-hmm. all the little things. He's a great three-point shooter. He defends every position on the floor. He doesn't make dumb decisions. He has great basketball IQ. He's just he's just such a good guy to have on your team. I, I'm so happy so, we brought him back. 
Somehow the Clippers managed to get more value out of him at an eighth of the pay that the Hornets <laughs> were giving him for four years. He's still years. getting paid more by the Hornets than he is by us. <laughs> oh, is he still? Yeah, wow. he's, he's on the books for $9 million for this year and next year still on that buyout. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, maybe the, we, I guess we could talk about it now, but switching gears, I mean, that point just brought up that Nicholas Batum is getting would be getting paid more than what the Lakers were were not willing to offer to Alex oh. Caruso. Alex Caruso was willing to go to the Lakers coming out of a podcast in an interview. <laughs> Alex Caruso revealed he was willing. The Lakers were not willing to go. Uh, we're not willing to give him two years for fifteen million, or we're offering less than that. Um, Caruso was. There was a point of him that was willing to go for two years, fifteen million, but the Lakers were offering even less than that. So. Yeesh. Sad, sad. They can really use him right now. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so switching gears now, big deal, forgetful. Uh, I guess we could talk about this pretty quickly then. Yeah. Jokic suspended one game after shoved to the back of Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris is day to day with Whiplash, <laughs> and uh, the whole Miami Heat team trying to go after Jokic. Oh man. And that's a whole lot of man to try to take down, and obviously he's got he's got a couple brothers. Who are also all basically dudes. almost the same yeah. size. <laughs> this is just bad news all around. I mean, I'm having a real hard time thinking back to another regular season, just basketball play that looked as awful as this did. Mm-hmm. Like Marky Morris looks like he was legitimately hurt Dude, out there. And that was a he, that he was bad. Freaking trucked him like yeah, full like full on full momentum shoulder check total blindside dude that was freaking gnarly oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so i guess my question is like what do you think of that play was it a was it warranted that Jokic went at this man like this or was that way over the top i think that was way over the top but i don't think Jokic meant for it to be so as bad as it was, <laughs> I think it was just a moment of frustration. And I bet he went back and didn't realize just how hard he went or how yeah. hard just that could actually rage. go to another man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he didn't realize just how strong of a yeah, guy he could so be. He's so big. Because <laughs> you've never really seen anything like that from him. And for him to just go after Markeith, it felt he's like it was warranted. Mar- too. Exactly. And he goes hard at people. He fouls people pretty hard. I mean, he's a competitor, but he really got under Jokic's skin, I guess. But man, I just he went at he went at him so hard. And uh, I mean, I'm surprised he only got one game suspension. Yeah. I thought for sure he'd get like ten games. Wow, really, ten? He could have hurt the man. Yeah, well, he did. I, I think mean, so. he did hurt him. Yeah. Like he's got whiplash. He probably got some neck pain after that because his head got cocked back a lot on that play i was mm-hmm. like oh man that looked bad he couldn't even get up at first like they brought the stretcher for him before he could get up on his own power <laughs> but yeah that's man one game seems very light and i wonder how much him being like the league mvp played into it because like mm-hmm. if this is some you know average nba player this i could easily see that being five games yeah i think part of it is also i think the rules tend to skew towards punches rather than shoves but it's almost like like (laughs) but this is yeah it's almost like not fair though because 
I mean, yeah, punch can take a lot, but punches can miss. But going through a full, you know, using your full body momentum to shove a guy from yeah. a big guy like Jokic, in many ways, that can do just as much damage as a punch, I think. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking crazy. of missed punches, you see when Embiid almost punched Lonzo? Oh, that would have been oh, so man. bad. man, dude. That would have been bad. Lonzo's got some good reflexes, but holy crap. Mm -hmm. But... I'm really excited to see how this next Nuggets Heat game goes. Um, I think that's coming up actually later this month. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to be yeah. a very interesting game. You do not want to miss that one. That's going to be must-see TV. Yeah, so I'm going to guess this goes in the big deal category in terms of the upcoming game and what this does. Yeah, so guess... yeah, uh, November 29th, Cy Cyber Monday for all you retailers out there. <laughs> Um, it's gonna Jokic. it's gonna go down yeah it's gonna be an exciting one uh big deal of forgetful we got a bunch of injuries here colin sexton suffering torn meniscus Ugh. out indefinitely jalen brown expected to miss a few weeks patrick williams expected to miss four to six Ugh. months <laughs> you got michael porter jr out indefinitely lebron james out a week big deal of forgetful who which is the big deal here sean i'm sure there's a couple um obviously colin yeah. sexton i think we yeah, already agreed on that one, one. Uh, i feel so bad for patrick williams man this dude mm -hmm. he is training really well in the offseason gets hurt on an optional workout still comes back at like right in time for the season to start and now oh tear to his wrist ligament man that is just annoying <laughs> that's just so annoying right and the bulls are playing super well and obviously he's not a, a key piece, but he, he's a good role player for this team. And yeah, you just, you don't want to see that happen to such a young guy who's, you know, just going into his second year of his career. And I, I think this, the big deal here though, is Michael Porter jr. Yeah. We have been wondering what the heck's been going on with Michael Porter this year. He has been shooting way worse than last year. It doesn't really seem like he's involved on the offense. It doesn't really seem like he's engaged with the team. And now he's out indefinitely with his back pain, which, I mean, this was the huge concern coming out of the draft, right. which is why he dropped as low as he did. How is this going to affect his career? And we're seeing it start to take hold just here and there. I mean, this happened in the playoffs last year. I mean, really, it plagued him for his first whole rookie year. Um, and now who knows how long this is going to last. And they just signed him to a super max mm -hmm. extension and nobody right. thought that was a good idea. And uh, I, it's really a bummer. I mean, for a nuggets team that, you know, they're a small market team. They had to mm -hmm. take shots on these guys. And Michael Porter looked like a guy that could become a superstar and this this might be the worst supermax extension ever signed. I don't think there's ever worse been. than Chandler Parsons. Worse. I mean, this is more money, <laughs> and this, I mean, true. Yeah, I, this this destroys your cap space, and maybe it's on mm -hmm. the same level as Chandler Parsons. I don't know. But at least Chandler Parsons, you know, he they got some value out of it, and it's not the same. We can't get some value out of Michael Porter Jr. still, but. Yeah, this this is a huge blow for this team. It's already out Jamal Murray. They they did not need this extra injury happening, and you know, I I maybe he comes back in a few weeks. Maybe it's okay, but indefinitely never sounds good. Especially when it's from a 
area that this player has already historically yeah. had a lot of issues with. Right. And when it's a vague thing like back pain, uh-huh. knee pain, that just seems pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. If the player is hurting that much from such a vague area that he has to just be out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Not good news, but I guess the signings of Will Barton Jr., Will Barton, and Aaron Gordon look a little bit better now because you still got those long wings as your insurance policy, but you're definitely be missing the points of Michael Porter Jr. And sort of just that that upswing opportunity that you felt you had in a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst case scenario, hopefully not. Hopefully the the Nuggets aren't going to be looking at the last two years as sort of the moments that they really crushed mm-hmm. their championship window <laughs> letting jeremy grant yeah. walk and signing michael porter jr to a huge deal mm-hmm. um those two things going the wrong way might close this window for you but we'll see hopefully michael yeah. porter jr can still there's still a lot of season left so hopefully you can still bring there it is. back but also shout out to will barton for having a comeback season mm-hmm. this guy exactly. he's playing just as well as he did two years ago if not a little better even and yeah. yeah, he had kind of fallen off the map of, of a lot of people's radars, my, mine included. Like, I was a huge Will Barton fan two years ago, and I, I really just forgot about him, to be honest. And yeah, he looks really good. He looks back to the player that I think a lot of people wanted him to be. Yeah, he had trouble closing the year last year with injuries, but the Nuggets still stayed with their guy and gave him a new deal. And now mm-hmm. it's paying mm-hmm. off big time. Now they're really happy they gave that deal. Yeah. Um, but moving on here for another big deal of forgetful, the new rules are the new rules messing with players' production. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge list here of players that I uh, found based off some someone that broke them down on Twitter. Uh, but essentially, there's there's a few here that have seen significant drops in their free throw attempts per game. Is that tied? Is that correlated or caused by the new rules? It's hard to for sure pinpoint and say, yes, this is a matter of causation. But you got to wonder just watching these guys through the mm-hmm. eye test that it must have must be having some effect, especially some direct quotes from Damian Leonard here. But Damian Leonard leading the pack with a <laughs> four point uh, free throw differential between his attempts last year and his attempts this year. Last year he was averaging seven free throw attempts a game. This year is down to three. Bradley Beal averaging almost eight. And this year it's down to four. Um, Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young. Almost at nine this year at five. Colin Sexton, six and three. James Harden, another big one. Almost seven and point five free throw attempts, and it's down to 4.6 this year. Almost a three-point swing there. Um, who do you think here is suffering the most, Sean? And, <laughs> and is this really a result of the rule changes, I you mean, think? I was surprised Harden wasn't higher. I, I thought Harden was mm-hmm. missing out on a lot more free throws than he is. Um, but I mean, Damian Lillard, I mean, he came out, uh, he was asked about it directly, and he's like, I feel like the way the game is being officiated right now is unacceptable. And mm-hmm. it's hard for me to agree with him because I love when there's no fouls because it right. makes the game way smoother. Don't have to, like, wait around, you know, wait for them to take their free throws for, like, three minutes. It takes forever. It slows down the game. I I love when the game's in a rhythm and you got guys going back and forth, good defensive possessions, good offensive possessions. Um, But maybe it has gone a little too far. Maybe because the officials have been told to be so aggressive and not allowing, you know, this kind of activity... Maybe they are letting them get away with a few things. I mean, there, there's been a few key examples. Obviously, people are like micro analyzing these games 
and they, they're seeing every potential missed foul. But I did see one where Harden was directly hit on the arm when he's trying to make a layup driving in the lane, and they didn't call anything. And sometimes that just happens, you know, that that could just be a normal thing. But I mean, it's more accentuated now because, you know, these we have these rules in place. But it does seem like the officials are, are swallowing their whistles a lot more than they did. Um, and maybe it's to the detriment in some plays where it should be a foul. I, I think over the course of the season, we'll start to see this normalize a little bit. But if all of these guys on this list that have the largest dip, if they end up, you know, having about an average of two less free throws a game over the course of the season, I'm stoked about that. I, I think that's that's mm. the correct move. And I'd way rather it be like this than watch them try to initiate contact and do f- these floppy plays that aren't even basketball moves to try to just get to the free throw line. That's like the worst part of the game. It always has been. And I'm really glad that it's being phased out. Yeah. I think so as well. I think it got to a point where it was part of the game plan sometimes coming down the yeah. court where you give you give your guard the ball ISO and wait for him to make for the defender mm-hmm. to make the wrong move or yeah. not even move at all. Just leave the hand there and then you and then you know ball handler goes hunting for it. That was part of the offensive scheme and yeah. that sucks. <laughs> it does. I hate watching it's that. So dumb. Yeah, like and and I do feel bad for guys like Trey Young and Damian Leonard because these guys are undersized guards, six one, six two. And I mean, basketball at the end of the day is a big man's game. It's so much easier to score being a bigger guard or being a man down low. But this was their way to get their points on the board uh, was to go foul hunting. But it just overall, I think, killed the experience. Um, and I'm sure now they're looking at a glaring, you know, offensive back pocket strategy that they could go to and now it's not there anymore but at the end of the day i think they're great shooters i think they got to adjust teams got to adjust and get these guys open and get them better shots uh where they feel comfortable taking them and i think hopefully over the course of the season it does normalize and they we get back to playing good team offense team basketball and less of these iso one-on-one plays let's go foul hunting Mm -hmm. yep I'm, i'm a big fan of it i think i think it's a big deal but in a good way Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I think maybe explains a little bit some of the slow starts some of these yeah, guys had. Trey Young, sure. James Harden, gotta adapt. Joel, you gotta adapt. Embiid. Yeah, I, I, yeah, figure it yeah. out, guys. You guys are stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I'm pivoting. Hot teams. LA Clippers five game win streak. Oof. Phoenix Suns six game win streak. Phoenix Suns putting it together, man. <laughs> putting it together. They they look like they were in danger for a bit there. And the Clippers, you, Sean, all no, almost man. counted them out for the year. <laughs> it was a hot take. <laughs> it was the hottest yeah. take. <laughs> true. Oh, true. That was part of part of, part was, of your hot take. It was, yeah. But you know, I I'm glad that that if I had all the hot takes from last segment from last from our last podcast, if that was the one I was gonna get wrong. I'm, I, this is the one I'd prefer to get wrong. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they look a lot better. They're starting to come to form. Um, as you said, Paul George has been playing well all season. Going to be definitely in the MVP candidate conversation with the way he's playing right now. And I think a lot of this, it, it really depends on, on how well the rest of the team can shoot. I mean, Reggie Jackson's going to chuck him up, and he's just going to have to channel more of that playoff energy versus the regular season energy. 
as long as he can do that, we're, we're looking in good shape. And we just got Serge Ibaka back, and Batum looks great. Um, you know, this is all coming out of uh, Marcus Morris not being there. Um, so fancy that. <laughs> so maybe we need to get rid of him. But that's yeah. just one man's opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked on on the win streak and. Hopefully this we can now kind of sustain where we're at. You know, I'd love love to be a mid seed that stays out of the playing game. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think you can always hang your hat on being a top five defensive mm-hmm. team. That's I think the most impressive thing love I've it. seen come out of these the Clippers. Um, in terms of sinking teams, oh man, the Timberwolves oh, should have seen it coming. They were so bluffing. They were. <laughs> They were bluffing, and I, re- I, I, part of me really wanted to cheer them on, yeah. but it had to be a little too good to be true. They had the three-headed monster, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. You wanted to believe, and they're still a solid three, three-core man. But oh, six-game losing streak, uh, losing, losing badly, losing close ones, and even despite Anthony Edwards going off today, losing by. Uh, 13 against the Warriors. Yeah. Tough, tough yeah. matchup for the it's Timberwolves like right this, now. This is what they're accustomed to. And it's very apparent from this this Carl Anthony Towns quote that was actually from last week when it was only a three-game mm-hmm. losing streak, which is now doubled. We're on a three-game slide right now in the NBA. If I know one thing about slides here in Minnesota, it could go from <laughs> three to 18 to 19, 20 really oh. quick. Oh, oh it's my like Lord. he already knows and it's happening again and it's just so sad because it's such a gifted player man and he's he's had mm-hmm. to spend some of the prime years of his career in the doldrums of minnesota and you gotta think there's brighter days ahead with him having d'angelo russell there having anthony edwards coming up but the rest of this team is just complete garbage <laughs> they don't have a single player that I don't think could be replaced by a G League player right now on their roster. Tari and Prince? No, okay. no, you could replace him <laughs> with a G League player. Anyone else? What about Pat Bev? Okay, I'll give you Pat Bev, but barely, but barely. He's actually been playing kind of well, but he doesn't score, you know? I mean, this, no. this Minnesota team, they're averaging 104 points a game so far this year, which... I mean, it's not the worst in the league, but it's not really getting you anywhere. They just—they yeah. need scoring production from someone on their bench, from someone outside of this top three that they have. It's not happening. You know, Josh Okogi is meaningless. Jared Vanderbilt does nothing. Jaden Mc, <laughs> as Jalen, I, I can't remember is Jaden or Jalen McDaniel's. One of them's on the Hornets. One of them's on the Wolves. It doesn't matter. He's not scoring. They got. They just got no production. They need a three-point shooter, someone on their team they can dish out to, just get a bunch of threes, average fifteen points a game. They, I don't know. I don't know. You need to make a trade for somebody, but I bet they're really regretting trading Ricky Rubio right now. Oh yeah, that was what I was gonna say. If I think the high end on this team was always either the eighth seed. Or nine seed, yeah. and I think the middle ground, the safe bet was probably ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a deal to be made, I think they could touch that high end, and I think having rookie Rubio probably would have helped them get closer to that. And I can't believe I just remembering now that like one of my points was Pat Beverly, Tari, and Prince maybe changing the defensive culture <laughs> on this team. But 
obviously spoke too soon. Uh, it's more talk <laughs> than actual actual walk. Uh, Timberwolves regressing back to the mean in terms of how good of a defensive team they are. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks five-game losing streak. We talked about this team earlier that they're not in that top eight picture right now. Mm-hmm. And can they sneak in there? You got to think that they could, but they are just on such a bad streak right now. Part of it, Trey Young struggling a little bit offensively, maybe related to the free throw stuff, maybe not. But either way, they got a full health, healthy roster. Hunter, Cam Reddish is back. They got the vets back, but they are struggling offensively to find each other and to score the ball at an efficient rate. Um, defensively, they are terrible. Uh, 27th out of 30th in terms yeah. of defensive rating, having a hard time stopping anybody. So, I don't know. This is this team should be a lot better, so I think they can figure it out. But maybe just having just too many pieces is just making things a little confusing for everybody. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of Eastern Conference Finals hangover. I think this mm-hmm. this team exceeded expectations so great last year that maybe they thought it would come easy for them at this stage. I mean, this is right. a direct quote from Trey Young. Uh, this is from a little bit earlier in the week. He's, I think guys are learning that as far as the difficulty of, of sacrificing early in the season and getting these wins early in the season, we're no longer the hunters. It's regular season. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot more boring than the playoffs. You have to find that mm-hmm. motivation to play like the playoffs. So he's admitting himself that the team is in a little bit of a hangover. You know, like I don't want to play yeah. these meaningless games. I just want to play in, in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks in a seven-game series. That's what I want to do. And you, you got to earn your way there. And hopefully mm-hmm. they learn that lesson sooner rather than later because you know it only gets harder to to get that when if you're behind three games from the eighth seed. Only gets harder the less games there are in the season. So hopefully they turn it around. We're also seeing Clint Capella struggle quite a bit early in the season. And he got that injection in, in his Achilles. Um, he had some rehab for that. And it doesn't look like he's gonna be a hundred percent this year. So maybe that that's that's gonna be an issue for them. Um it seems like uh I don't know. It seems like the pieces they have, they're not quite sure. If uh, I'm not quite sure if they're trying to figure out a way to incorporate all of them in the right way. And yeah. so what I mean by that is so halfway through the season last year, Nate McMillan came in as the, as the head coach and some guys were injured. And so he's able to find the right roster construction to figure out how to win these games. And they went on this huge winning streak and obviously is really successful. But now you have a healthy DeAndre Hunter and you have to start him because of the blistering start he got last year. But we're actually seeing DeAndre Hunter regress quite a bit this year. And it makes me wonder if they need to change it up a bit. I think Daniel Gallinari was a huge piece of this yeah. team last year. And they're not using him at all. And it, it, to be fair, he's been a little hurt. But even now, like he's only getting like 20 minutes a game. And I think if they want to win, they're going to have to focus more. This is a win now team. This isn't a, a build the youth team anymore. Even if they have a lot of young guys. You made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't afford these guys to have the time to grow. You need to win these games. And Daniel Gallinari gives you the best chance as long as he's healthy. You have to play him over DeAndre Hunter. And you have to play Bogdan Bogdanovich over Cam Reddish if he's not. Mm-hmm. You have to play Kevin Horder over Cam Reddish if Cam isn't going to you know, be a knockdown shooter like he's supposed to be. 
Hoarder's there, right. and he's going to be a solid piece for you. So I think they're just trying to figure some of that stuff out, see what they have with some of these young guys still, but they're going to have to figure out sooner or later that they need to play their veterans and they need to win the games more so than, than develop some guys. Yeah, I think they are stuck in their identity there. I think you hit the points pretty well. And to add to that, they got eight. They got nine players right now, averaging more than fifteen minutes per yeah, game. Yeah, that's that's too much. <laughs> so you're 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 going deep deeper than the standard eight man rotation. And even then, it's usually like a team like this knows their top six, top seven guys mm-hmm. that they're going with. Right now, you got you're splitting hairs right now between <laughs> DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Kevin Huter, and Gallinari. Uh, outside of Gallinari, I'd say most of these guys are, are sort of have the almost the same strength and the exact same weaknesses yeah. <laughs> um, in defensive IQ and defensive stopper. So it kind of spells the beans as to why this team is struggling so bad defensively. Um, and they're not really quite hitting all cylinders offensively like they were last year. So there needs to be, I sense a trade coming down at some mm. point and, but it feels tough to give up a guy like Cam Reddish or Hunter who you're not <laughs> even really sure You've seen the best, but the situation might call for it, depending on what deal you can get on the table. But so we'll see. I do sense something coming down, but I'm not sure if there is a deal out there for them to be made at this moment and what that would look like. If I'm the Timberwolves, I'd be very interested in Cam Reddish. Mm -hmm. Because Cam Reddish, if he can develop that three, he's a great defender. He gives the Wolves everything they need in that kind of like three, four slot. I, I, yeah. would, I would try to make a move for Reddish, but yeah, if I'm the Wolves, I don't really know who I'm giving up. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, whole, lot of nothing over there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we can brainstorm that yeah. on another time, but I'm sure there's a deal out there to be made. Best performances of the week, though, switching gear. Steph Curry, 50 points, 9 for 19 from 3, 3 steals and a block. And the win over the Hawks, just talking about mm-hmm. this team, getting lit up by players. Uh, we also got Ricky Rubio, 31 minutes, 37 points, 8 for 9 from 3, 3 rebounds and 10 assists. Um, Nicole Alexander Walker, <laughs> 33 points, 10 for 22, 10 rebounds and 4 assists. A huge, huge breakout game. game for this guy. Couldn't help the Pelicans get <laughs> their second win of the Aww. game, though. They were leading that a portion, but gave it up. Totally fell apart and gave it up to OKC. But Man. Uh, so far, this is a huge game. Win for this guy who was averaging 30, 30 who's averaging 33% from the field on 16 field goal attempts a game. Ooh, shooting the ball just as much as um D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> I mean, Alexander Walker is letting it fly. Put it up. Who 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 do you in in your eyes, which one is standing out to you the most, Sean? The Ricky Rubio one. I mean, this, this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like, this is mm-hmm. this is ultimate regret for the Wolves because this guy comes off the bench with these 31 minutes. And I think this might have been the first game Sexton was hurt. And he comes in and just takes over eight of nine from three. That is just stupid. Like, what the <laughs> heck? And, and helps him win the game. And, man, to see Ricky Rubio take over a game at this point in his career, that's pretty cool. And I, mm-hmm. I got obviously the Steph one. I mean, fifty points is just unbelievable, and you gotta love the storyline of him being like, "Oh, Trey Young, you think you're the next me? Well, step aside. I still got it way better than you." 
Um, yep. But yeah, this Ricky Rubio game was amazing. I, I got to hand it to him. Yeah, Ricky Rubio still still got it. Still got the IQ making the right moves and knocking down shots. Uh, worst performance of the week. Kyle Lowry, 37 minutes, 0 for 81 points and three turnovers. Lost to the Nuggets. Close second, Desmond Bain, 21 minutes, 1 for 10, 2 points, 1 rebound, 1 turnover. <laughs> Loss against the Hornets. Kyle Lowry, despite the Miami Heat winning some good games, has been struggling. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of these games, the all-time low, I that, think, so That's got to be the worst game of Kyle Lowry's career. Yeah, Zero points. Mm-hmm. In 37 minutes, he was in there for 37 minutes and he didn't get a point. That has <laughs> got to be a record for him. There, I, I can't imagine he's had a worse game than that. But yeah, here's a here's a close second mm-hmm. to start the season. He went one for eight. Well, 24 minutes but this season, but one for eight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. One for so eight. He's had some stinkers Five so points. far. <laughs> he's, had, he's also had some good games, to be fair, but he's had some stinkers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a little, little bit of an adjustment team-wise for Kyle Lowry. I mean, you know, you're on one team for so long, sometimes you can't make the adjustment as well as Kevin Durant, but he's not loyal, so <laughs> he doesn't care. Um, right. But, yeah, that, that's got to be the worst one of the week there for Kyle Lowry. That, that takes the cake. Yeah, our poor guy Desmond Bain, been having a fairly good season coming yeah. out of the gates. Yeah, Huge for sure. gains for him. But I uh, took the real dud this year, and... <laughs> The opportunities might not be there now with Dylan Brooks coming back, yeah, but maybe he, he can bounce back. Yeah, I feel like him and D'Anthony Melton are have to fight for their minutes to, to ward off Dylan Brooks. Um, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, Dylan Brooks, I got it. He's the better defensive guy, so I got to think they're going to lean on him Yeah, uh, a lot more. But, yep, we'll see how, how that turns out for our boy Bane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lowry. I bet he's going to keep putting up things like this every now and then, yeah. and the Heat will just keep winning games. <laughs> uh, but to close things out, we, we we don't really talk about the Kings very often, if but at all. If, maybe if we do. <laughs> yeah. But we got to close the podcast out with the story from Sacramento. Marvin Bagley refusing to check into a game after Walton tries to sub him in against San Antonio. And the story with Marvin Bagley is... Uh, the Kings essentially gave him the heads up to start the year that he was not going to be part of the day-to-day rotation, rotation despite yeah. being the former number three pick. Number two. Right, number three. Number two pick. Because you know who went number three? Luka, Luka Doncic. <laughs> yep. And the front office that drafted Marvin Bagley is nowhere in Sacramento anymore. They are gone <laughs> now, so... There is not a guy in the front office who will be vouching for Marvin Bagley and even more so after this. Uh, this is just all bad news, both for Marvin Bagley and the Kings and Luke Walton, who I forgot was still a head coach. Uh, I don't know how he's lasted this long. He must have the deepest connections with certain people in the front office because this guy should not have ever been hired in the first place and he somehow survived this mm-hmm. long. Yeah, it's the Kings have made no improvement over the last two to three years, despite some of their most talented players getting better. Um, they should be getting better naturally, but the team overall has just uh, struggled. Marvin Bagley being a, a player who I think is talented enough to be in the league and to be in a rotation somewhere. 
So I, I feel like they need to just move this guy. 14 points, 50% shooting, 7 rebounds last year in 43 games. Granted, he's been injured a lot. Uh, but still, 43 games, I think these are respectable numbers. Uh, and he's only played 10 minutes in one game oh. so far this year. Uh, I mean, I got some ideas of where he should be moved. Dallas, Spurs, and I think OKC could always use another talented <laughs> body. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was the Kings will even throw a draft pick in there for with for OKC to offload him just so they don't have to deal with it. But whatever the case is with what happened with this game where you refuse to check in, whether it's out of disrespect for Walton or just, you know, anger at the organization, it's clearly not working. And I cannot see this guy having a very long future in Sacramento, regardless of, of what happens next. And we might see a move sooner rather than later. Maybe it'll be a trade deadline move, but I, I, I got to think that I, this guy's a healthy scratch every game except for <laughs> one. Someone's got to want to play him, you know? Like, there's too much potential right. in a guy that was a number two overall pick that just really hasn't gotten to play a ton. I mean, he played in 60% of games last year. I think he only played half of his rookie year. There's a lot of potential still there, and hopefully someone gives him that opportunity. I think OKC, like you put there, I think that's a great pickup for them. I mean, mm -hmm. who are they even starting at center? Derek Favors? Like, yeah, Derek Favors. like okay, well, that that's pretty easy. You could easily slot him in. The Spurs are a dumpster fire, so you could throw him in there. And you're starting Doug McDermott at the power forward position. Spurs? Yeah, for the Spurs. I think they got Thaddeus Young. Are they starting Young? Oh, yeah, they're starting Thaddeus Young now, but it's only because yeah. Jakob Pirtle's out. Oh, because um, some guy okay. named Drew Eubanks. Yeah, you you got you got at least think Marvin Bagley could be better than Drew Eubanks, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think he needs to be traded. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. And hopefully, he has some you know kind of Kyle Kuzma mantras, Herald energy, revenge against uh, his former team, and try to prove him wrong. Right. Exactly. Well, Marvin Bagley. Hopefully, you get your your situation fixed in Sacramento. You made it onto the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully for better reasons next time. I want to see Marvin Bagley on a best performance of the week just sometime in the next few years. Yeah. I won't go this season, so. but sometime in the next few years, I want to see it. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we'll maybe uh King will make it onto the best performance before that. But well, thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, don't forget to keep checking us out week in and week out. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.